Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're discussing 1995's Seven, directed by David Fincher, starring Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt. This is Dudes on Demand, and this request came from Tracy in Connecticut, so thank you very much for this request. Yeah. But before we talk about this, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? Um, I watched Green Room. Yes! Yeah! Yes, yeah. man! Crap, man, what a great What'd movie. What'd you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's excellent. I was I was really I mean I I knew going in how good it was but then I was still yeah. like, kind of uh, not prepared for just how good it was so yep. really awesome yeah I hyped it up a lot yeah I'm glad you liked it too yeah it, it was, was an excellent one film. of the best films I've seen all year I know it's crazy though mm-hmm. yeah it is <laughs> so. like you go in not really you know e- even if you've like read um, synopses of it or whatever y- you're still not prepared for kind of what you're in for yeah it. It's um, some of the most intense stuff you'll yep. see. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Wow. Good right. one, Dave. Yep. I watched Aliens. Uh, <laughs> okay. Throw, throwing it back to one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah, <laughs> I of love course. this movie. You know, James Cameron's so good, <laughs> and uh, everyone in the movie's so good. I know. And it's just such a amazing action movie. Yep. You're on the seat of your pants the whole time, <laughs> right. and like you can't do anything about it. <laughs> Aliens is awesome. It, it sure is. It always yeah. al- always good to watch. Also, watch Seven, which is what we're about to talk about. Absolutely. Uh, Dave, why don't you give everyone a synopsis? Yeah. Um, okay, so this uh, is a film in which um, like two detectives, they are chasing this serial killer who is uh, whose tableau is he's carrying out murders that are all based on the seven deadly sins, um, the biblical seven deadly sins. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, each one is more elaborate than the other, and he's kind of also playing cat and mouse with the detectives themselves. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's it's a... This is a good movie. This this We, we all know how good uh-huh. it is. Um, yeah. And we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about how good it is and what makes it good. And, mm-hmm. yeah, here we go. Dude... It's been a while since I've seen this one also. Right. And I forgot how just like brutally intense this movie can be. I know. And disturbing. Yep. And spot on <laughs> with uh, society <laughs> and things like that. Yes. It is a very, I wouldn't say it's a tough watch because it's easy to watch this movie, mm-hmm. but you might feel sick at the end. They're like, just like, what did I watch? Completely drained. Yeah. Completely like wrecked. Um, yeah, because the the ending, of course, will, will take you on a ride. But then there's also like, I mean, you just think about like every detective movie and TV show mm-hmm. that, that is about serial killing. They've tried to capture the interiors of Silence of the Lambs and Seven. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, that kind of dank, moldy, hoarder stench that, yep. that is that, that's really impossible to capture. And it, it's been it's been imitated so often and the reason those movies are no good is because it's just totally trying to copy Seven and not getting any of the notes correct. Right. It's it's hard to do, man. It really is. And when it's done great, it's done, man. I mean, this movie has a couple of sequences that, that have not been duplicated since 1995 as far as just pure terror. Mm-hmm. And it's not a horror movie. It's not. And um, like you brought up Silence. Yeah. Silence of the Lambs is not a horror movie either. No, it's not. But... There's stuff in that that makes your skin crawl. Of course. You don't even want to watch it. Right. It's so steeped in reality and and you can so it's sort of so plausible, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um you can you can picture these things happening to you and mm-hmm. um and that's what makes it really scary. Right. 
even 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 if a, a completely bloodless thing, just an aftermath, you go, oh my god, what did that? What was that like when it was going on? Because mm-hmm. we don't actually see any of the killers' murders in this movie. No, you see the crime scene. Yeah, it's pretty great, and the the crime scenes are very visually uh, descriptive. Yeah, <laughs> you, they are. Uh, see, right, right. You see lots of stuff. Yep. That um you don't want to see. Yeah. But you don't see it happen, like you were saying. Right. You don't see the violence. You don't you don't see nope. the acts of the crime. You just see the detectives looking through this, thinking, who the hell would do something like this? Mm-hmm. Right. Just as the audience is thinking, what? what? Yes. Who would do this? Um, a madman, per se. The maddest of madmen are capable it's of John this Hamm. kind of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's Don Draper Don doing Draper. these killings in the unnamed city. Nope. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to figure out, like, what city is this? Like, could it be Seattle with all the rain, or is it just a rainy week in New York City? Or, like, what is this? Well, I, I think Toronto? They, I mean, <laughs> I, I think they, they, I mean, it's 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 kind of a thing where they, they kind of intentionally don't give the name of the city. Yeah. And because it's always raining, there's, there's sort of this moody atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, Gwyneth Paltrow does say, when we lived upstate... And so if they're talking about St. Louis, you don't say upstate Missouri. No. So, I mean, I, I guess we're, we're to assume that it's, we can just say that, well, it's probably New York City. I mean, it looks like okay. New York and kind of feels like New York, but they still never say. And even the cop cars don't say, they say Metropolitan Police. Yeah, on yeah. And I, I think I watched a commentary on this a long time ago, uh-huh. many years ago. And I think David Fincher had said he, you know, intentionally left it a sure. nondescript city. Yeah. Just, Ambiguous. This could be any city, USA. That's right. You know? And and the raininess is just there because hey, it's good atmosphere. Exactly. You know? There's no better mood to and, set than fedoras, cigarette smoke, and rain. Right. And these like I get it. Also, is great to the the story because these detectives, they're being poured on like that's you, right. A, a rainstorm's terrible. No one wants to be in that. They're they are perpetually in the shit. Yeah. Like in an environment they don't want to be in. Yeah, that's right. So the rain. Is partly there for that too. Absolutely. Um, but like at the end, they're in that like desert kind of area with the yeah. high wires, and it looks like outside of L.A. Kind of, you know. <laughs> That's at least how I picture it. So, right. But it doesn't rain like this in L.A. So it doesn't look like upstate New York. It doesn't look like <laughs> Long Island. Um, so when 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 they when she says when when, when you kind of pin down that it is New York, and I think when they're leaving the area, you see the sign saying city limits, and yep. it says population eight million. So. Is this L.A.? Is this New York? We don't know. Who knows? Right. And I think, I can't remember the name. It says, like, you're entering whatever. Uh-huh. It's just, like, the most generic like, yeah. county or whatever yeah. you're going into. So uh-huh. That's nice. Good. It's, <laughs> it's, it could be anyone. That's any right. city, people. So watch out. <laughs> <laughs> and we had talked about how how intense it gets in the movie. Yeah. And especially the ending and how it makes you sick, even. But the movie does a great job of, like, pacing that out and increasing the amount of intensity yes throughout these seven deadly sins these seven days of the film uh-huh um and each one just ra- racks it up a little more and more right this is great filmmaking here because david fincher allows the camera to get in the actors faces and he does a lot of horror movie stuff like low camera shots and yeah. things like that um and as you get more towards the end it this stuff's ramping up <laughs> right. and it's a master cinematography class here, I dude. Know, I it know. is so good. I, I have nothing but praise for this film. No, I, I do mm-hmm. too. Yeah. It's 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 entirely praiseworthy. And I mean, like I, I guess we can kinda go instead of going like murder by murder, I, I know that the the one thing probably anybody who's listening to this wants us to talk about is the murder that um 
I guess, the sloth murder. Sloth murder is pretty, uh... Yeah, so what happens is, like, after the first two murders, which um, I believe are greed and um, uh, gluttony. Gluttony comes first, actually. But then they go through greed, and then they, they, they have, like, sort of a profile on who they think the killer is. Yeah. They find out through a series of you know like like their 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 research that fingerprint it's this guy. matches and yeah, stuff pr- print yeah. matches right yeah because they get a print off of the back of a painting in the greed murder yeah and so they're like oh, and it says help me mm-hmm. in blood uh, you know across oh, the wall God yeah so they've got mm-hmm. an a, a, an identical print mm-hmm. they go to they they find out who it is it's this guy that this like serial um you know pedophile uh, child oh rapist. yeah he's a bad dude he's a really rotten guy so this is your guy exactly this got to be him. So they go with the SWAT team to this guy's house. They battering ram the door. And John C. McGinley, by McGinley the way. McGinley goes in there, <laughs> yes. reprising his platoon character. Exactly. <laughs> with a shaved head. Uh, goes in there and like they, they find I mean, the the most the most desiccated person you've ever seen. It's what you think is a corpse. Yes. A rotten corpse. Right. No lips left. It's just it's just nope. like a it's it's completely a skeleton except for the 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 skin is is translucent white mm-hmm. with bed sores all over it, and it's air it's, fresheners hanging from the yes, ceiling. Tons of just like these a little, little trees, air pine fresheners, tree yeah, car air fresheners, and it's a, it's just a, a like a cot with with you know with no sheets on it, and and the, this this body is chained to the bed. They walk in, they they're looking at a corpse. Mm-hmm. The, the hair is gone completely white. McGinley. Goes down there, gets in the corpse's face, and says, you had it coming. Uh-huh. And that's when the corpse lets out a breath. Yeah. A gasp. And, it, oh. oh, man. I mean, like, like you, you come out of your seat just like, like, like everybody in the movie does, yeah. going, oh, my God, this thing is alive. He's still alive. <sighs> this dead thing is not dead. Right. Right. Yeah. Morgan Freeman picks up a, a series of, of photographs, like like showing what it looked like, you know, when mm-hmm. when when the killer tied the the, the person to the bed, um, mm-hmm. and then progressively it got it got worse. Apparently, he's been drugging him throughout this whole thing. Yep, giving him just enough like maybe vitamins Anti-bi- to keep alive, antibiotics and stuff for the bed sores. Right. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is like, I I mean, with the first time I saw it. I, I couldn't. I, it, it actually took me out of the movie mm-hmm. for the next twenty minutes because I kept thinking back to this thing, this thing that was in this bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they take him, when when they 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 bring in an ambulance and actually did bring bring the bring the victim to the hospital, they've got it on like twenty four hour watch. And because I'm I'm saying it because it's it ceased to be a person. Yeah, the the doctor even says even if he could talk, his brain is mush. His brain is mush. That that which is really scary. Yeah. And he also ate his own tongue some time ago. Yeah. And he still got hell to look forward to, is what the doctor yeah, says. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good lord. That's a great line. It really like, is. I know. Like I couldn't he says something about how this is the most terrible thing a person could experience. Yes. And he still has hell to look forward to. Oh my to. god. Wow. <laughs> One one amazing line, one amazing moment out of a film filled with them. Yes, man. Yes. Um. Yeah. This this one gets you. Uh huh. And then the one that really gets me is the lust murder. Okay. Which we need to talk about this. Agreed. Um. Not only because of what happens, but because of the performances yeah. in these scenes. Yeah. From the entire cast, it is so impactful, and makes you, you. F- I wanted to vomit. After watching this scene. Uh, I know. Not even seeing... 
You don't even see what happens. You probably see the you least s- of all the murders. Yeah, you see the least. You don't see the crime scene, really, no. because when uh, Somerset, who's Morgan Freeman, and Mills, who's Brad Pitt, who we haven't even talked about yet. <laughs> That's how good this I movie know, is. I know, we haven't mentioned that Brad <laughs> freaking Pitt is in this movie. I, I know. know. Yeah. <laughs> They walk in, and they walk kind of in front of the camera almost, so you can't see the bed. Yep. What had happened is this man is, when they walk in, he's in a chair yelling to get this thing off me, and apparently has some kind of sex contraption strapped to his body. Right. This is crazy, folks, so cover your ears if you (laughs) don't want to hear this, if you haven't seen the movie. Right. The killer had made a, a, a penis out of a sword. Yeah. And made this guy have sex with a prostitute right and hence she dies because of it and this man who was wearing it is basically neurotic Mm -hmm. he he no longer is sane he's screaming the whole time yeah get this thing off me and when they are interviewing him they like cut from the scene just to interrogation rooms yes and one room i think somerset is interviewing the the owner of the sex hotel or whatever actually mills is mills is that's brad pitt yes Who's interviewing... Uh, Somerset uh, is interviewing the the guy who actually did the deed. Uh, th- this is a character actor, Leland Orser. Yes, he was also in The Guest. Yeah, he's been in a lot of things. You've, you'd recognize him. Mm-hmm. His performance as this man who was forced to do this act is some of the most disturbing stuff you'll see. Uh, he's not even doing anything except freaking out and shaking and sweating and almost crying yeah. and freaking out. Right. And... The things he's saying, it's like, he made me wear it and he made me fuck her. Yeah. And he, the way he does this <laughs> makes your skin crawl. And like I said before, you, you feel sick. You feel yeah, you do. ill, right. physically right. ill. Because now you're, you're, you know, just like everything else, you're picturing what actually happened. In this case, like, 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 think of the pain that woman went through yeah. to die. Mm-hmm. Um, and, on top of that, the killer didn't even do it himself. He made someone, uh, he forced someone else at gunpoint, mm-hmm. an innocent person, to do this, you know, to commit this 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 murder. Wow. And completely, you know, like like you said, how, how the, the guy, Leon Orser, is sitting there just in a police blanket, white as, you know, white, oh, just yeah. white as a sheet, and, you know, sweating, and all he can repeat is, he made me fuck, you know, like, yeah. and like, like if, if we say that phrase on the show right now it's going to sound comic coming out of our mouths yeah, yeah. you have to understand and watch the movie to to like to like see this guy like like letting this thing happen to him in a in a part that is only about three minutes long he totally committed to it leland orser did yeah. I mean, it, it's a pretty great piece of acting that it's he does. unforgettable yeah i remember the first time i saw this movie yeah like oh, 20 years ago or whatever <laughs> He has never left my mind. I know. You're this, right. This performance right. has always been burnt into my mind. And anytime I think of Seven, I always think of this scene. I, I do, No too. matter what. Yeah. You, you think of that line, mm-hmm. that reading, and him just, like, rocking back and forth in that chair. Yeah. Um, and then in the other room, of course, Mills is talking to the proprietor of the massage parlor where, right. where the, the killer made Leland Orser do this. Mm-hmm. And he is, like, Brad Pitt... His character is he he's not worldly like Morgan Freeman's character. No. Morgan Freeman is a scholar. He's he's very, you know, um, He's wise. Yes. He's patient. He's 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 very well read. Right. Um he, and, he knows things. Exactly. And Brad Pitt's more of a seat of his pants. Yes. Impatient 
uh, jerk. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's a young, mm-hmm. uh, like a hair trigger hothead kid. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he is very judgmental of most suspects he comes across. Yeah. And when he's talking to, to this guy, who might play by Michael Massey, mm-hmm. he, um, he, he has this line where he says, do you even like what you do? And Michael Massey goes, no, but that's life, isn't it? Uh-huh. He's not as memorable as Leland Orser. Right. But it still kind of gets you because it's like he kind of knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. And... He's just a businessman, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, well, I, I say he, he knew what was going on, but like... Well, he didn't know that he, was yes, going on. He just saw people come into his place, and I guess people come in with suitcases all the yeah, time. Yeah, because that's what he implements. says. Right. Brad Pitt says, "You did you see that guy come in with a case? And he's like, dude, people come in here with suitcases of shit. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's weird. I, I know. It's, <laughs> but it's understandable. Like, this guy's just running his business, uh-huh. like you said. Yeah. Might not be the best business in the world to be running, <laughs> right. but like he said, he doesn't even like it. But that's life, exactly. You know, but that's life, isn't mm-hmm. it? And and it's also uh, like kind of it's there's some in, there's some hidden intensity behind Michael Massey's performance because he actually I think this was his first movie since he had done The Crow. Really, um, he was the guy who unfortunately murdered uh, right. Brandon Lee on yeah. the set of The Crow. Um, yeah. And he was very devastated, as you can imagine, by this incident. And he wanted to give up acting. But he finally got back into it with, with this part in Seven. Mm-hmm. And um, it's kind of like, once you have that knowledge, it's all over Michael Massey's face when he's talking to Brad Pitt. Yeah. Is that, that that completely unrelated thing. Yeah. I'm sure, I don't think he uses it in his acting. I know I wouldn't, because, I mean, how could you ever, like, you know, you, you certainly don't want to think about right. something so horrible. Yeah. But it's just kind of impossible to ignore when you're a film fan watching it. So. Yeah. When he says, no, but that's life. Yeah, you can definitely oh man feel it like I didn't mean to shoot him, Ex- but that's life. But you can relate. That's what it. happens. You, you totally, mm-hmm. yes. Stu- shit happens. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's like my favorite scene in the movie. One of them, it could, I, just I because of it. And then once they're done interviewing him, like you said, this whole sequence is like three minutes long. Yeah, and it's one of the most memorable things in the film. I know. And uh, the camera is in like the room behind the mirrors. Yep. And you can, the two interrogation rooms are next to each other side by side. And you just see Mills and Somerset in each room, like with their head in their hands. Like, I cannot believe this is happening. How much more of this can we take? Yeah. And this is what? The the fourth? This is the fourth murder? Killing. And they know from the beginning that, all right. There's, there's the big speech that Morgan Freeman's famous for giving. You know, you can expect seven deadly sins or whatever. That's right. Um, this is the fourth one. They know they got three more. <laughs> and this is what they're already seeing. I know. Wow. I know. What What mm-hmm. is coming next? I mean, how, how could we possibly be more destroyed by what, what, what we're going to see? Mm-hmm. And, and what's the next one? The pride one? Yes. Which isn't the most intense thing like this. It, sure. Basically, he made this woman who was all about her self-image and hated herself on the inside, mm-hmm. uh, choose between calling for help or killing herself because her nose got damaged. Yes, um, yes. Wow. But, and and that's the... the, the that's what, a saw killing right there. It, it is, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Jigsaw is giving her a choice right, here. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that it's it's key, though, like, like you said, the severity of things is ratcheted up with each murder. And then on right. the fifth murder, it's kind of like muted a bit even though it's something terrible right it's the reason for that is because after the fourth murder and after they realize they they morgan freeman comes up with this scheme um to he goes to his friend in the fbi who Mm -hmm. keeps files uh ladies and gentlemen if you use the library hopefully this isn't true um (laughs) but like there is like detailed files at the fbi saying who's checked out what book 
Yeah. So when they do some research and they find out that their killer has been checking out, like John Milt has been checking out Paradise Lost and mm-hmm. the, like, the Inferno. Yeah, Dante's um, Inferno yes. and all these things. The Divine Comedy. Mm-hmm. It's it's all so that they were able to track this guy down. They go to the his, they go to the killer's house, who they think is the killer, and the killer appears in the hallway, very far away. Yeah. Um, it's an extended shot down this hallway. All you see is a man in like a fishing hat it's and a gorgeous. trench coat. Yes. It's gorgeous. Um, who just drops his groceries and starts firing his gun mm-hmm. at Brad Pitt. You don't expect Freeman. that. No, you, you don't. You do not expect it. Because that's not what happens in these movies. No. This, that's not... What number did we jump to? That's exactly. not by the numbers? That's right. Come that's on. right. We've only got four killings in the yeah, bag come on. here. We're looking for seven. Right. What's happening <laughs> right. here? Exactly. Come on. This isn't following movie logic. God, this must be a good script or something. Yeah, this must God. be an original idea. <laughs> God forbid. Yeah. And, and, you know, so, and even, and, and like, when, when it starts to happen, you, you're, you're still going like, okay, well, the, the language of this, even though it's kind of unprecedented, will, will tell us that. There's not going to be a real encounter. They're just mm-hmm. going to fire at one another, and then you know they're going to kind of uh, lose him, and because right. they're, they're still He'll just get away. Minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so what's going to happen then? Um, but that's not what happens. No, they um, almost get him. Uh, they almost get him, and then the killer almost gets Brad Pitt. Yeah, he uh, could have got him. He had him with a gun to his head, and then and Brad Pitt is unarmed and having been brained with a tire iron. Mm-hmm. He's got him in an alley, a rain-soaked alley, as you would expect, mm-hmm. and uh, Brad Pitt never sees his face, and the killer decides to let him go. Yep. Because I guess in that moment, he made his plan for, you know, the sixth and seventh murders. Do you think in that moment he made him, or he, he had him the whole time? Because I don't know. Because the thing is, we're definitely going to spoil the ending, folks. Yes. Don't worry about it. We will. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah. He's been planning this at least for a year. Yeah. We know that from yeah, the sloth right. murder. That's Because right. he's had that guy in that room for a year to the date, actually. <laughs> Which, you know what? That could be kind of bullshit, but he's such a mastermind. <laughs> he had planned it to work out that way, whatever. Um, still a good script. <laughs> yeah, it definitely. Yeah. But um, Mills, Brad Pitt's character, had just moved to this city not too long ago. Yeah. To become Morgan Freeman's replacement. Yes. Because Morgan Freeman's retiring for reasons. Mm-hmm. And how would he know this a year ago? You know, and like, how would he know Mills would be on the case and all this? Like, he wouldn't know this. Well, right? I, and so, I, I think that's I that, that's why I think maybe I'm leaning toward more he made it up in that moment. Exactly. Of like, maybe he's now, um, he, he has to go and he probably doesn't know right away that he's going to he's going to like get Mills or whatever. But he probably is like, I'm going to check into this guy. Yeah, you know, I I know I got to commit three more murders, um, but now they found out where I live and they they're going to be going through my stuff, so yeah. I need to make a new plan. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, exactly. Like, cause they found mm-hmm. him, yeah. and that wasn't part of the plan, which he, the right. killer admits, cause he calls them up at his own house. Yes, and he knows them by name, though. That's so, right. Of course, he knows. All right, these are the guys working my case. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I'm gonna look into him. So he probably already knew a little bit about Mills yes. in Somerset. Yes. you know. And then at this moment, he's like, "All right." I'm going to make this happen because you ruined my plans, uh-huh. which is perfect <laughs> because he probably had a similar plan, Yeah, you know, course. but it, it works out very unfortunately it sure for does. Mills. Yeah. yeah. Um, and okay. So on rewatching the movie more mm-hmm. than once, you start to see little things where they're setting it up. Um, they, they don't exactly tell you what the ending is going to be. Right, but there, but there's little pieces here and there where, if you're truly paying attention, you can kind of telegraph that this is not going to um, 
like be a thing where they catch the killer and put them put him in jail. Yeah. Um. At one point, Morgan Freeman says, "You know, this isn't going to have a happy ending," and it's after they raid the killer's house. Um. They mm-hmm. they they go through the house and they 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 find um all the all of his like you know implements and stuff, mm-hmm. all of his tools. They find the bathtub. Um. They find out that they've had an encounter with him already. Already. Um, which sets Mills off. Yes. Uh, that there was a, there was a media member who tried to take his picture at the second um, at one of the the murder scenes, yeah. and Mills chased him away and told him, you know, get the hell out of my face. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that is the real killer. It um, is. I, I went back and checked it out, and yeah, it, it's it's definitely the killer in disguise, mm-hmm. and that voice is the same. Yeah, just affecting an accent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the the, the scene the, the the scene where Morgan Freeman tells him, and and it was it is even just that one. He he has the line, you know, this isn't going to end well. But he also like like throughout the movie has has moments where. Um, and it, and like I said, it's only there and noticeable upon rewatching right. or if you are definitely eagle eyed the first time around. Yeah. Um, they, they, they don't give this away, um, at no. really in, any, in any, in any kind of like explicit way at any point. No, not at all. And he even says things that reiterate what the killer known mm-hmm. as John Doe. Yeah. Is saying at the end of the film, like That's right. he, he even says at one point, like this city worships apathy and yes. um yes so he he says to somerset or he says to mills like you can't afford to be this naive because mills <laughs> is saying things like i want to help and like uh this the world isn't shit i want to clean up the streets yeah i want to make exactly. a difference yeah and somerset you know being jaded his whole life not only because of his career but it's the things we find out about him personally yes is just like what is wrong with you Mm-hmm. You open your eyes, man. Right, exactly. Like, uh, you, you can't be this dense. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, because he, I, I mean, I, I think the first time we see Brad Pitt, he's telling his wife, he's calling himself Serpico to his wife. I think she calls him Serpico. Well, he, he uh, says, Paltrow he, he, says he says, Serpico's got to go. Buddy. Okay, all and right. she says, well, maybe you need to get that gunk out of your eye, Serpico. Okay. Um, <laughs> he, he fancies himself as a big city detective uh-huh. and he wants to make a difference. He's idealistic, but he's also a hothead. Mm-hmm. Um, he's typical of like someone who like really does, who has not worked on this, on this beat for 30 years. Right. A new, young, hungry sure. member of the detective team. Yep. I mean, and he's a good detective. He is. Like, he's good at what he does. He's got a gold shield. He's great. Yep. You know, that's why he's the, a detective and that's why he got transferred where he wanted to go because he could, he can do it. Yes. But... He's got his own head to deal with. <laughs> right. And he's got his wife's head to deal with, actually. Oh, God. Yeah, he yeah. sure does. You're right. <laughs> when if Paltrow is his wife, that's foreshadowing, folks. Um, <laughs> upon second listen to the podcast, yeah, you'll yeah. really find that You'll joke find there. these little clues sure, after, upon yeah. multiple listens. God, we're, we're um, all David Fincher. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> if only, man. If only. I love David Fincher. He's Absolutely. so good. Um. Also, he did Alien. He, three, I was about by to the say way. there was an Speaking Alien aliens, connection. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I don't even know where I was going now. Shit. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow. Yes, Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, they had just moved here. Mills and Gwyneth. Um, Tracy is her Tracy, name, I think. Yes. So, uh, they just moved to the city, and she isn't too keen on it. You right. can tell. And there's a scene when she invites Morgan Freeman over for dinner, and they they start talking, and he asks them like. How, how they liked the city, and you can see Gwyneth Paltrow kind of, like, button up, like, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, she clams up. Clams up, and, and Brad Pitt starts speaking on her behalf almost. Yes. As, oh, yeah, it's, you know, it's fine, whatever. Yeah. And you can see on her face, nah, dude, it's not. Mm-hmm. I hate this place. Right. It sucks. And then the train, the subway goes by or whatever. <laughs> um, 
And in like one of the only moments of levity, Morgan Freeman calls it like a a pleasant, uh, vibrating home or yes, something. Yes, <laughs> yes. And, and like like he starts laughing, and Gwyneth uh-huh. Paltrow starts to crack up a little bit, uh-huh. and then Brad Pitt starts to crack up, and then they're all like belly laughing about about Morgan Freeman's joke. Uh huh. Um, and it is the only moment where all the characters are actually having a good time uh-huh. together. And you're laughing, kind of. Of course, because, because it was a good joke. It was a good joke. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and what's so funny, though, is that Morgan Freeman, like you said, is just guffawing oh, over yeah, this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, he, he he's fun- like, I made the best joke ever. It is- <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just a funny little comment, but yeah. he's really tickled. Yeah. Um. I think it's because of how serious the conversation was becoming. And right. then something just so ridiculous was said, and they all kind of look at each other and go, <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's also a scene in the middle of the movie, like right before they go to the killer's house, um, between Morgan Freeman and Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, the, the diner? Yes. Mm-hmm. She calls Morgan Freeman out of nowhere and just asks if she can talk because she doesn't have any friends yet. Mm-hmm. They just moved to the city and she's like going through some stuff. It turns out that she is pregnant mm-hmm. um, and she... Ordinarily, if they still lived where they had been from, then she would have told Brad Pitt immediately because she loves her husband. Exactly. But because she can sense that there's something in this city that is, you know, really foul. And this isn't just like normal, like, you know, Sydney Lumet's New York. I mean, mm-hmm. this is this is a place where, where you can probably just smell where, where, you know, something is mm-hmm. gross at all times. I mean, there's just murder on top. This of is everything. Gotham City. It is. Exactly. <laughs> they, they live over Arkham and then beneath the subway on top of it, you know, <laughs> Um, it's, it's a foul place Uh and she has to like, you know, like, I guess unburden herself somehow. And that's when Morgan Freeman, Mm -hmm. like the the, the scene is moving along and you know, like, like it starts kind of weird and kind of like a little bit cliched or whatever. And then it starts to get good. Yeah. It really Mm -hmm. moves along. And Morgan Freeman has a great speech about how he had, um, impregnated a woman Mm -hmm. and, um, the pregnancy was not seen to term mm-hmm. and how much it has like just, just eaten at his soul for the last four decades yep. that he does not have children um, because he, he thought he didn't want them at the time. And I guess that opportunity has not presented itself for him throughout right. the rest of his life. And he ends it with, you need to have that baby if you decide to keep it mm-hmm. and you need to spoil the hell out of it. And Gwyneth Paltrow oh. just breaks, bursts down in, in like tears of joy mm-hmm. It's her only kind of moment of real joy in the movie. Yeah. And even though Morgan Freeman's doing all the talking, Gwyneth Paltrow has a great bit of acting in this scene mm-hmm. because she has to listen to him and also let that speech affect her. And that's when she when she has her big kind of like, right. she's laughing and crying at the same time because she's just so thankful for that statement. Yeah, when he says that, if you decide to have this baby, well, before he says that, he's like, says something about if you don't keep the baby. Yeah. Never say any word absolutely to Mills. Yes, that's very important. But if you decide to keep this baby, you spoil the hell out of it every day. <laughs> right. And Gwyneth Paltrow's face <laughs> almost lights up, but she's still in this morose, yes. you know, state of mind. Right. But she's happy he said that because it's the only support she's gotten mm-hmm. personally, even from her husband. For yeah. God knows how long. Exactly. I mean, like, like, like her husband has a job. It, it's the kind of, of job that is your whole life. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like, you know, people, we always kind of like to talk about work life balance in corporate life. Uh-huh. I mean, there are jobs where literally your entire life is your job. Mm-hmm. Um, filmmaking is one of those jobs, I would imagine. Yeah. And police work 
especially like big city detective homicide division is definitely that as well. Yeah. Y- your, mm-hmm. your time is not your own. Yep. You're working 2 a.m., you know, to, to 2 a.m. Yeah. You're always, you have to always be thinking about the case. That's right. You can't let things get in the way of that. Nope. Because if you do, you might fuck up. That's right. There's yes. A killer can get away. That's exactly right. You might right. ruin someone's life. That's right. Someone, someone else's, else's is going life to die. can be, yeah. Yep. Like, your job is serious, dude. <laughs> right. That's why it sucks, man. People, that's why none of them should be married. Right. And that's yeah. part of it, too. People in f- detective families and stuff, I don't know how I don't you know do how it. You guys does it. Yeah. are amazing if you're if you're getting through that stuff. If if you have a good if 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 you if your husband or wife doesn't hate you and your children don't hate you, I don't know how you're doing it. Because like like this is yeah. this is I, I don't know how that that is a really um Im, I mean it's an important job obviously but it's also mm-hmm. like a job that 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 just never stops I can I can only imagine the amount of resentment yes in in these households that's right it's unimaginable um so I guess let's start talking about the end of the film okay so um after the I guess the pride killing there's mm-hmm. two more killings to happen yeah two more sins are left. Yeah, and Morgan Freeman says, hey, you got to keep me on this case with you as he and Brad Pitt are walking into the police station. And in front of the camera pulls up a taxi cab, and you see a footstep out, and it turns around and walks towards the police station. It's Kevin Spacey, everybody. (laughs) And (laughs) surprise. Uh And he comes in with bloody hands, and he's saying, detective, (laughs) detective. And he screams, detective! Yes. And everyone looks at him. And he says something about how a bloody man is standing in the middle of a police station screaming and no one's paying any attention to him. (laughs) I'm the one you've been looking for, he says. Mm -hmm. And he's got blood on his clothes, blood all over his hands, Mm -hmm. and no one sees him. Yep. And when they do see him, everyone springs to action, of course. right. Mills pulls his gun out. Right. Tells him to get on the motherfucking ground. Yep. Run in his sailor mouth. <laughs> yes, exactly. He, he, he has a lot of swearing in this film, uh-huh, folks. It's right. worse than me. <laughs> it's way worse than Scott. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he's the killer. He's come to confess. And I mean, like, we, we've already, we've already, like, throughout the movie, we, we've seen that this is not, you know, this is a very original piece. This mm-hmm. is this is a really original story they're telling, and. When Kevin Spacey just walks into the police station with about 35 minutes left in the film. It's maybe like 20 minutes. It's almost the end. It, you're you're yeah. right. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we're, we are reminded once again that this is something we have not seen before. Yeah. That there is there is no other film, no other story where the killer gives himself up. Mm-hmm. And you realize, of course, that yeah, it's very important that there's still more. There's still two more sins to add to this tableau. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's coming next? Yeah, it's it is quite something. And dude. it's quite it something. something. You, you will never guess <laughs> if you if you haven't seen it. <laughs> nope. You no one will ever guess no. what happens in this movie, which is why it's so great. That's uh, yes. Um so Kevin Spacey says I can take you to the two bodies if um I don't I don't know what if if you give me something. I don't he know. Said, he what what he says is um like I I want detectives Mills and Somerset. I want to show them my last two right. killings. The, yes. the last I, I I've I've um I've committed murders to um like the the, the wrath and uh and envy. envy. Um, mm-hmm. I have committed these two murders, but I I want to show them the bodies, and I will only take them if they escort me. If they and then I will me. sign yes. an affidavit saying a yes. full confession. Yes. for the whole thing, 
Guilty only plea. if they do mm-hmm. it. I'll do a li- I'll do a if life not, sentence. I'll plea insanity. Yes. And he would get and an he insanity will win. Plea. Yes, of yeah. course. He would be put in an asylum instead of instead of, you know, mm-hmm. a maximum security facility. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they they there's some some back and forth with DA Richard Schiff and mm-hmm. um, oh actually DA Richard Roundtree and oh, yes. d- defense yeah, yeah, yeah. attorney Richard Schiff, um, <laughs> and uh, they they decide to go with this now now so like Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt are are bringing Kevin Spacey in a in a police car out to this area that um, looks like the desert, uh-huh. um, even though they're in New York City. Uh, which is, you know, that's part of the ambiguity of, of what city is, we're yep. in. Mm-hmm. Um, and John McGinley is is following them in a in a chopper with with a, with a SWAT team, kind of surveilling everything. Yeah, they go out to this place, and um, you know, Kevin Spacey throughout the the ride over is is making these making this speech about like why he's doing what he's doing, mm-hmm. and throughout it, it's 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 kind of like what we talked about it on M on the M episode uh-huh. when, whenever there's a serial killer or any kind of like really, um, I guess. A criminal that that's committing truly heinous crimes. Yeah. Um, your your immediate kind of knee jerk reaction to it is let's get this guy. Let let let's right. let's curb this dude and and let let's do it in the town square where mm-hmm. everybody can see it. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, regardless of how eloquent the killer is or what he's like giving making you really think about things, like you can never forgive his deeds. But Mills, Brad Pitt's character, is is giving. The wrong reaction to the ideas that Kevin Spacey is yep. is proposing. Somerset, on the other hand, the more sophisticated man, is he feels the same way Brad Pitt does, but he is asking the right questions throughout right. the entire thing. Yep. It's weird because I'm talking about it, but I think just seeing the movie, if you, you know, like rewatch the movie and watch what Kevin Spacey says, because it'd be hard for us to kind of like recreate the, 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 um, yeah, what he's actually doing. This is obviously someone who, and whoever, you know, Andrew Kevin Walker wrote the script. He's clearly read, um, Dante and uh-huh. he's read yeah. Milton and he, he's, he's kind of, he's very erudite in, in what he's saying of like these sins that we know of are, that were supposed to be the mortal sins. And, that's what this movie is about. It's not about these these gro- these disgusting killings. It's right. about the stuff that Kevin Spacey is saying in the back of this uh, back of this police car. Exactly. And this scene is probably about ten minutes long. It goes on a while. The drive yeah. is mm-hmm. very long, and it's just Kevin Spacey, mainly him giving a speech. Yeah. With Brad Pitt interrupting and interjecting with things from time to time. Right. And Morgan Freeman occasionally saying some things. Yep. Maybe in agreement or to disagree with something Kevin Spacey is saying. Yes. And Kevin Spacey ultimately is saying, you know, these, he says something about these innocent people. Yes. He's like, they're innocent people. Uh-huh. And he, he starts naming off all the sins these people are committing and how, like, ugly they are and yes. how they, how could you do this? Right, right. And be innocent. Right. Even though he has committed murder, mm-hmm. um, those people weren't innocent, according to him, you know? They yes. Yes. They were doing things just as bad as he has done. They were doing things that that, that made them deserve uh, like a lingering tortured death. Yes, um, and like that 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 was his morality. Yep, uh, yeah, and, he and made it, a moral judgment on these people. Right, and he even says something about he he's really commenting on the state of society. Yeah, and he says something along the lines of we just all put up with this. Yeah, these sins committed every day, every minute. Yes. Because they're commonplace and right. we just accept it. Right. Because it's, it's common mm-hmm. and that's not a world we should live in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He wants us to aspire to something mm-hmm. greater. And that that's the the work he's doing will get us there. Yeah. And as he's going on, 
upon subsequent viewings, you can see him. He's kind of prodding Mills. Yep. Riling him up a little bit yeah. intentionally. Of course. He's targeting Mills right. with the things he's saying. Oh, yeah. He's going right after uh-huh. He's going right after Mills most of the time. And he knows Somerset's not going to fall for his yep. game. He's too smart for it. And, you know, his game is Mills. Yep. So he's he is playing him like a fiddle. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also, like, the camera work is great in this car. It's just there's not much going on. It's just the way the cameras are facing on the characters, you feel like in the car right in their faces talking with them uh-huh. as part of the conversation. Right. And it is really cool. I love it. It, it is. <laughs> and it only cuts away periodically to show you the, the, the car driving along yeah, like, exactly. this desolate area. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, you're just in, you're just on this ride with mm-hmm. these three guys. And I've talked about it a couple times, like how good it is. I mean, I'm going to stop harping on it. It just looks like David Fincher. Of so course. It's amazing. Yes. It's good stuff. Yeah. Um, so they get to the desert and they walk out to the spot where they are going to find the bodies, I guess. Yeah. And they make Kevin Spacey kneel on the ground. A delivery truck comes up with a box. And Morgan Freeman goes to get it and uh, decides to open it. I mean, we're all thinking it's a bomb, right? Yeah. There's something like that. He's communicating with John McGinley in the helicopter, just yeah. saying, I'm going to do this. We got this. a box. We right. got a box. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, so Morgan Freeman decides to open it. And you don't see what's in the box, but you see blood. You see a little plastic, mm-hmm. and um, apparently it's something terribly disgusting yeah. that will set Mills off. Yeah. It's Gwyneth Paltrow's head, folks. It's his wife's head delivered in a package. <sighs> so <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Mills starts saying, what is it? What is it? And Somerset's running towards him like, put your gun down. Yeah. Give me the gun. Give me the gun. Don't, because what the plan is, is for... Kevin Spacey to be murdered by the wrath mm-hmm. of Brad Pitt. <laughs> and while Morgan Freeman is over there looking, like taking that delivery of the box, mm-hmm. uh, that is when Kevin Spacey is telling Brad Pitt, I envy your life so much. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've want, I want to be a husband to a wonderful wife. And I know that I'm not capable of it. I really am jealous of, of your whole lifestyle. Yep. How did, how did you do it? I mean, I really admire you and, He's really laying it on He's about how envious thick. of, mm-hmm. you know, Brad Pitt he is. Mm-hmm. And when Morgan Freeman comes running over saying, you know, uh, drop the gun, drop your gun. Hey, Mills, drop your gun. Please mm-hmm. give, give me your gun. Um, he doesn't have to say like, well, uh, Kevin Spacey does say her pretty head. Yeah. You know, from what he took from the apartment. Yeah. But he doesn't say I chopped your wife's head off. Exactly. He doesn't actually say verbatim. That's yes. what he did. It just yeah. went, went. It's implied. It's implied. Yeah. Morgan Freeman's reaction, like he know when he and when Brad Pitt is has that a great delivery of you know what's in the box. Yeah. I mean, like it's 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 entirely memorable. We've all quoted it a million times because <laughs> uh, it's just Brad Pitt crying, pointing a gun at Kevin Spacey, saying <laughs> what's in the box. Uh huh. Um, and he doesn't have to say it's your wife's head, dude. Yeah. It, you know, like that that is that is understood. Right. You know. Um, and now he has to stand there and decide whether or not he wants to let Kevin Spacey complete his mission. Yeah. Um, and his art project. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. The, the, this, this modern, you know, right. Uh, and he does. Yeah. What tips Brad Pitt is when he says something about how she was begging me to stop oh, to right. save her life right. and the life she was carrying. That's and yes. Brad Pitt has this look like what yeah and kevin space it is such an amazing delivery he goes oh and he looks at morgan freeman and says he didn't know 
and Brad Pitt struggles for a couple more seconds, <laughs> sucks it up, walks up to him and shoots Kevin Spacey. Full magazine clip. Execution style, yeah. right. Yep. Done. Yep. Murders Done. him in cold blood. Not the ending you're expecting. Nope. The killer wins. Um, yeah. And Brad Pitt's probably going to jail forever. He's in the back of a squad car the last time we see him. Yep. And is he going away for life? Probably. He murdered a suspect mm -hmm. who was in chains and had no defense. Yep. And it was witnessed by another detective and several SWAT team members. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, like, like okay, so in, in the movies about serial killers, the serial killer usually gets killed in the end. Usually. Mm -hmm. um, and in this case, not only does that, okay, so that happens in this movie, and it's not... But but it's still completely unlike anything else because like the, like you said the killer won I mean like yep. the, the killer wanted Brad Pitt to kill him yep um because he knew he first of all I'm sure he knew he didn't want to spend the rest of his life in prison or even in a mental hospital probably not um and going by his own logic he doesn't deserve to live that's right he's the one got committing these murders yeah and he described in great detail on that ride over. Mm -hmm. You know, he tells Brad Pitt, you will, you will, you are going to be remembered for what happens today. Yeah. This will be studied. Yes. For years to come. Exactly. Picked over by scholars. His plan here is so elaborate uh -huh. and he pulled it off and the meaning behind it yeah. is so powerful. That's right. What are these sins doing to us? Yes. Should everyone live by God's word, whether you want to do that or not, maybe you should be a little more thoughtful of what you're doing. Right. You know? Right. Depend, no matter what you believe. Maybe you shouldn't be sleeping with your secretary. You know, yes. may, maybe you shouldn't be doing these things. <laughs> right. So look what I did and think about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's diabolical. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, whew, it's something else. I man. know. I know. And, and you, you feel dirty. You sure you feel do. Dirty. You, you, you feel dirty. You're like, what did I watch? Oh, there's a layer of filth on you <laughs> yep. when, when this movie's over. Mm -hmm. and um, But a layer of truth. Of course. Which is what makes you even feel more disgusting. That's right. The, the subcutaneous la Ugh. layer of truth on top of the filth <laughs> that, 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 that makes you just, you, you can't come clean after it's over. Ugh. And, I mean, God, I, I like even with even if you were to watch, I guess, a, a, a bowlerized version of this movie mm -hmm. where, where like maybe you don't see the aftermath of the of the of the crime scenes. And, mm -hmm. and like you, you don't see the like the, the poor guy who, who, who died from the gluttony thing whose stomach exploded. Yeah. Um, if they were to cut this up and even eliminate all the F words, the ideas in this movie are still going to come through. Right. You could watch this on USA or something. Yeah, you like, could. You would still, it maybe not, won't be as much of a disgusting impact. Right. But you would still feel what the, the filmmakers were trying to make you feel. Totally. It mm -hmm. would be just as visceral w without all the, all the blood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and then the movie ends with, uh, it's a quote from Henry David Thoreau mm. or something. Oh, I really? I forget who it is. Okay. Morgan Freeman says it. I can't oh, remember yeah, yeah. who It's the, Hemingway. Hemingway. Yeah. He's quoting Hemingway and yeah. he says, the world's a wonderful place and it's worth fighting for. And he says, he agrees yes. with the second yeah, part. Yeah, he agrees with the second part. Yeah. The world is worth fighting for. <laughs> and and yeah. goes to black. Yep. And then Nine Inch Nails starts playing <laughs> and you get a reverse credits. Credits going down the screen instead of up. That's right. Which was a nice weird touch. So. <laughs> right. Yeah, wow, yeah. that's seven. Holy I know. shit. I know. Um, Anything else you want to talk about? 
I I can't think of anything else uh, other than I mean like like we we can we we've we've talked a lot about the the I guess the the four main actors in the movie. I mean Morgan yeah. Freeman, Brad Pitt, Gwyneth Paltrow, Kevin Spacey. It's it's A-listers, you know, uh-huh. like all four of them. Um and then the rest of the cast with John C. McGinley and uh, Arlie Ermey as the as the um Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that, that mm-hmm. was that uh, that was something I'd forgotten. I I, I know, I saw him in the credits. I was like, yeah. "Oh, sweet. That's right. Oh, Gunnery <laughs> Sergeant Hartman is in the film." <laughs> <laughs> and Reggie Cathy plays the um the coroner who who brings in the glutton victim. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. one of my favorites. He's in the wire. He's, he's in always House good. Of Cards. He's always good. Yeah, what a voice that guy has. Even mm-hmm. even like the young version of him, it's like man, that, mm-hmm. that guy with his Shakespearean baritone. And there's only one thing about this movie that I don't like. Okay, what is it? And it's something that I I, I guess just has to be there. But like, I truly wish that that they had just had Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt be partners when the movie starts. Okay, instead of um, the whole I'm replacing you as you retire thing? Yes, and okay. having the conflict of is Morgan Freeman going to leave the case? Okay. Is Brad Pitt ready to take on this case? Okay. I mean, they, they they get through it in the first half an hour, and it's it's fine. Yeah. But um, I, I just didn't think it needed to be there. I've always felt that way. Okay. Um, I saw I, this movie in the theater back in 95, yeah. and, and I, I felt the same way then. I think it adds a little bit to have that. Do you? Um, okay. Because you get to know each character a little bit more. Of, okay. Because... Of, they're intentionally opposites. Man, that's true. And right. uh, one guy's being replaced by an opposite. Um, okay, yeah, so you're, I don't, right, you're right. It, like, you, it would still work if they were just partners, yeah. you know, that butted heads and yeah. stuff. But I, I like I like it this way, the dynamic they have. Okay. Um, I think it just adds a little more interesting twist to things. Okay. In a script, that's just totally interesting twists and yeah, exactly. unexpected events. Th- that, that, and that's cinematic language. I mean, we, we mm-hmm. know that to be true. And, and the, I, I guess my, my only, my only um, the, 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 the thing that keeps me coming back to it is, number one, the movie's great, but also uh-huh. because they resolve that conflict fairly early on. Yeah, yeah. It's not an ongoing thing. No. No. Yeah, it's not like, hey, do what I want to do. Hey, listen to me. Yes. No, and I'm the hotshot now. Exactly. None of that's in there. That's, like, it never happens. Yeah. And um, one thing I liked is Gwyneth Paltrow is, you know, she's a very important part of the plot. Her yeah. character is. But she's not in the movie a ton. Right. Which I think is a good idea because but the way Brad Pitt treats her is... She's hardly in his life anyway. That's true. And when you see her, she's talking about that kind of thing. Yeah. So by having her not in the movie as much, I think it actually makes it more powerful of about what happens between her and Mills and John Doe. That's that's end. a great point. Yeah, mm-hmm. because she's I mean, yeah, like she is his wife who he loves, but she's an afterthought when compared with what he's dealing with. Yeah. Um, and the movie treats her, uh, I guess, the, the way Mills like is unintentionally treating her. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that that's 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 an insight. I, I think I'm I'm done. I think I'm done. <laughs> I, I I think we're spent we, as we well. We could right. probably pick this thing apart oh. like John Doe's murders. Yeah, we could. Um, um, for eternity. But and and I I, yeah. I will say I guess the only other thing is that like now this movie receives heaps of praise even today. Uh huh. It's not been forgotten. It's it's on everyone's lips at all times. Everyone is always referring to Seven. We're talking about Silence of the Lambs in the same category we as are. this movie. Exactly. This mm-hmm. movie gets its due props. Yep. There's no doubt about it. I still think it's underrated. I, I, yeah. I still think that it should have been up for best picture. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's, I said I saw it in the theater. That that day, I went to the movie theater. I went with my friend, and we I saw three movies. He he walked out after the after just the one. He had to go to work. Uh-huh. I, I saw Braveheart, The Perez Family, and Seven. Wow. Um, It's definitely the best movie I saw that day, <laughs> yeah. and I think it's better than Braveheart, which won best picture. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Do you like Braveheart? 
Um, I enjoy Braveheart, I, but it's I, basically no, I, Gladiator in Ireland. It, exactly. Yeah. That's in, in, in Scotland. Yeah. Oh, ex- <laughs> yes, yes, Scotland. Yes, excuse yes. me. Uh, it plays fast and loose with history, of course. Yeah. Um, it is entirely homophobic, <laughs> and it's not as good as Seven. No, I still like Braveheart. That's but true. Okay. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so would you recommend it? Yes, I would. Seven, uh, not Braveheart. Yes, yes, right. Yeah, and I mean, I yeah, no. Everybody should watch Seven. Seven's a great film. Oh man, it is. Like, <laughs> we don't even have to say we're recommending this movie. If you listen to this, you know we're recommending this. Yes, it's one of the best movies of the nineties. One hundred percent is amazing, mm-hmm. and it's one of the best thrillers ever made. Yep amazing yep everyone watch this movie get a barf bag ready in case you have a queasy (laughs) stomach exactly um yeah because it's an intense one but i think it's something everybody should see this movie yeah no matter what it's unless you're like two but yeah (laughs) exactly (laughs) you know and if you're a divinity student and and you want to like you know brush up go go get the comedy but you know go get the divine comedy from dante Mm -hmm. and and get the canterbury tales and 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 just don't don't do like mills and get the um don't get the cliff don't get the cliff notes right Really study up and then watch seven again. Be careful though, because the feds might keep you in their database. Oh, that's right. Uh-huh. Yeah, you gotta watch out for yeah, those. Watch guys. out for the for, feds. For, for Larry Flatfoot. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> that about wraps things up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe in iTunes, rate it, review it, and most of all, share it. That gets more dudes listening to the dudes. Join the dude army. Mm-hmm. Hashtag dude army. We yeah. haven't been saying the hashtag a lot. Dave, I know. We gotta get that hashtag going. Well, we know how we feel about hashtags. I know. But... I don't even know what hashtags are, but that. But go on. It's a pound sign. Oh, that's right. Okay. It's the pound sign. Yeah. 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 Someone asked someone one time why there's a hashtag on a, on a phone. Um, it's because it's the pound sign, you idiot. Um, but if you don't use iTunes, find us anywhere else you can get a podcast or go to dudesonmovies.com and you'll find anything you need right there. All these damn kids. Uh, I, I, uh, yes, and we also have a Facebook and Twitter account. Uh, we're, we're very active on social media. Come on, kids. Yeah, exactly. All you all you children out there, look for us there. I know it's what you like. Just look for Dudes on Movies. We'll come right up. Mm-hmm. Um, we have an email address, dudesonmovies at gmail.com. Uh, drop us a line about movies. Yeah, leave us a hashtag. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> This request, remember, seven, it came from Tracy in Connecticut, so thank you so much. Yes. Next week, Dudes on Demand is getting wrapped up. This request is from Caitlin in St. Louis. It's 1985's The Goonies, directed by Richard Donner, starring Sean Astin, Josh Brolin, and Corey Feldman, and a lot of other people. Yeah. And we'll talk about it when we get there. So until next week, I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And we'll see you next time. Yeah.